Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Central Stadium, an iconic sporting venue. As part of a major fundraising drive, My Stadium Seat is offering you the chance to place your name or the name of someone who loves GAA on a seat at the Field of Legends. Packages from €100 Euro include seat naming plaques, certs of authenticity, online biographies and open day tickets. Show your support. Visit MyStadiumSeat.com. Sample Stadium, where every name matters. Welcome to episode 71 of the Premier Reviewed Podcast. This week, I'm your host, Kevin Ryan from St. Mary's. I'm joined by Sean Smith from Turles Arshields and Stephen Cronin from Carrick Davins. We have a packed show in store, so we're going to kick straight into it now with a review of the Kilkenny versus Tipperary hurling game that took place last, last week in Semple Stadium. Right, lads, Stephen, I'll come to you first. Uh, the, t- was the, the first half was uninspiring stuff, but I think it really took, took life the second half and Tip. In the end, got the win after Kilkenny getting level there. So, just I suppose your thoughts on that. Where where do you think that leaves Tip now? Ah, uh, well, look, I suppose uh, we, any day we beat Kilkenny is a good day for Tipperary Hurling, especially we had a poor enough reputation down the years for losing the tight games. And uh, although it was just a few levels above a challenge match, the the intensity until until Roland Mark came on actually and, and and lifted the whole crowd, but the intensity just wasn't there for most of the game and um, you know like it's two wins from two if if it was a humdinger of a crazy helter-skelter game and we got bet we'd be we'd be up in arms this week like but look give me give me give me them old wins any day over over a savage game and a loss you know so look a win is a win we've two from two now and move on to the next game against Dublin and uh, I think we're in a better place going into that game yeah, Sean, come at the hour, come at the man with our new captain, Ronan Maher, certainly made an impact in his maiden performance as, as captain there, introduced in the second half. Um, Yeah, he came on there around about 50 minutes for, for Brown there, and the draw wasn't getting going at all, to be honest. So. But then, tempo game lift, he came on, the crowd, it was strange, like, you know, even watching the match back, that's when the Ronan and Sean kind of got to level and Ronan got a point door there from the old stand and kind of set us on our way then. Um. And the second half, to be fair, was a good encounter. The first half, a lot of loose points, like Patrick Washington Ford or slotting points over there. I know he run Mark, still a score for 70 or 80 yards, but it wasn't championship intensity near it. You know, it was, but got the win in the end, you know, Ford's last minute free. Again, as I mentioned previously on the pod, that Ford is our marquee forward at the moment. And to be fair, he's going that way. His frees are unbelievably honest and he's scoring from play at the moment is exception as well usually you might only get nine frees and the odd point but he's getting four or five six from play which is great to see yeah absolutely he's at he's, he's really key to us you know I think we flagged it a couple of episodes ago in our season preview 
we were all hoping that Jason Ford had, would step up, certainly, you know, in the rain, you know, more park and, and, and different conditions and samples so far. He certainly has shown signs of but um just going back to the tip game again, I think Carl Barrett was also at was also excellent in it. Uh, who else kind of caught caught your eye there, I suppose, Stephen, in, in for a tip? Um, well, I suppose uh, Brian Hogan has his has his critics now, but he he did pull off a good save. Um, and geez, his pockets were monstrous. And uh, you know, like I suppose there'll be question marks over from for a while now because of his short his short pockout distribution. But I suppose he can be happy with himself coming off the off the field there. I thought Alan Flynn um had a had a mighty game midfield there. Uh he he see well midfield I say midfield uh, forward slash uh, centre back there. He seemed to be marking the centre forward a lot. But he was getting back to do the job but getting out then supporting the midfield area and I thought he'd uh, I thought he had a quite good game for, for Tipperary but and then um as you said Jason Ford was uh should you know, when Tip have the ball now, Jason Ford is he's gotten himself into the situation where we want him getting the ball now. You know, everyone's give give it to Ford, he's gonna do something with it, which I think is great for Tip and great for Ford now that he is he's finally not finally, you know, as I said, like but he he is the man now. He is the big game player for us now and, and going forward. So but um I thought I thought um Dennis had a I thought he had a decent day. You know, I thought he was isolated a lot. I thought, but and the ball came around. He he worked his socks off, and he was a handful for the the full back. Um, look, we know he's not a speed star or anything like that. And I think um, we made a small mistake not having a fella floating around him. You know, picking up the breaking ball or be, being ready for the old hand pass. But um, I thought yeah, actually, uh, I'd agree quite, with that. Maybe just to kind of come in there with Dennis Maher. Sometimes he can look very, or so far he can look very isolated up there. And I think it's you know it could be unfair to judge him maybe after two performances, maybe um and I think Sean you mentioned already that Joe Brown maybe didn't get going, but I, I suppose one of the other new lads that has has played both games to date was Craig Morgan. Seems seems to seems to be kind of making a good claim for himself as well. Jake, Jake Morris, do you, do you think? Um, do you think? Yeah, he's I'd, yeah I'd agree on that. And like you mentioned Barrett. There. I think Barrett and Craig are two and four. To be honest, that's Barrett, and he comes mm-hmm. in like what they're showing so far. We know Craig had his talent, you know, and he's slotted in lovely there. Again, the forward line, like Joe Brown, this point, Jake Morris comes, like, got his scores done well, took the goal well, like, you know, start the first half, Dennis worked there, you know, so I think just developing kind of a different tactic as well, like, it was a rotten day in Turles, the wind was howling, you know, just bitter cold, so, like, you're playing that style and come junior for still hurling, hopefully, um, maybe different, but good to get a win, no matter how we're doing against Kenny, and, like, it's back-to-back wins you could say mm-hmm. yeah and Stephen do you think I suppose I asked you after the leash game about the style I think there was a fairly evident style change in Tipperary did you see a continuation of that in, in Turles last Sunday week I seen it I, I think it was obvious up until the 65 maybe maybe halfway up the field like the the backs moving off the shoulder to receive the ball everyone looking for the ball wanting the ball where I was disappointed or where I was left confused then was when we got into a, uh, an area to deliver good ball to the forwards, it, 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 lo- it didn't seem like we, we, we had a plan there. You know, as I said, Dennis was isolated up, up top. And I suppose if you're a full back, you kind of want to mark a fellow who's stronger rather than quicker. You know, and I, I'd say going forward, if you have quicker lads in there, 
when they move the ball out around the midfield, when you can give good good uh, good ball right in front of the full forward that that can get out quicker than Dennis could, then you might be um we we might see serious progress in this uh, gameplay. But what disappointed me was when we moved the ball out around the, mid, the middle of the field and it was time to deliver, our forwards were very static. I thought Jake Morrison and Marky Ho were... Now, I hear Mark, Mark had four games, I think, in 10 days. So, look, he, the inter-county sharpness is not going to be there. He probably wrecked after, after that haul. But the, the movement was non-existent. You know, there was... You're, I was looking out there one stage. It was like Dennis at the edge of the square. The, the two boys then were out around the 45 without making any danger runs. And it just looked like the boy, the lads at the back line and the midfield are going through so much work, but there's no outlet. So then we're launching balls or else we're giving the wrong balls. It looks bad on the forwards then receiving or it looks bad in the man delivering the ball. You know, so I think if I go, if we're, you can, it's clear to see that we're developing a, a possession style of a game. But then the next step then is what's the delivery like going to be like? And uh, I think there has to be more movement from a forward line to be getting the, the best out of our delivery. But it's, it's easy on the eye now uh, at times yesterday. We, or last week we scored some brilliant points from it. But I, I still think a, a little bit of an earlier delivery and a little bit of a better understanding of where it's been delivered is needed. Yeah, and no, I see them... Um... Yeah, I see Limerick Shane Dowling called it a poor training match there, just looking at some of the media reports on it there. Now, I, I do think it really got going in the second half and both teams did improve. You mentioned kind of Porrick Walsh beat maybe a bit loose. I think Seamus Kennedy was very solid centre-back for Tipperary. Um, you know, full-back hopefully looking come towards Dublin now. Do you see many changes? Do you see Ronan coming back in full-back? Or do you see how, how, how would you see kind of new lads being into, continually to be integrated into the setup now for the Dublin game? I'd leave um I'd leave quickly there again. I, I think when you're looking at a full back, he's not going to do a whole heap uh on the front foot. But so you'll judge him on what he does wrong. And I don't think he did much wrong the last day at all. You know, I thought the, the very first ball that came to him it was under the old stand, he was there first, he got rid of it. You know, I don't I I, I I see no reason from the last game to drop him for the next game or to try some, you know, like um, it's if we want new lads getting game time, uh, Dublin now is going to be another. Well, you'd be thinking it's not going to be another step up in intensity. So I, I'd keep him there, but I bring back, I bring back in Ronan. I think. Um, Are we kidding ourselves here now with our prospects for the year? We were laughing at ourselves saying that this is probably the worst Kilkenny team coming to Central now in many a year. You know that could be true, but you know. It was a 50-50 game for, you know, 65 minutes of that game. Tip never really looked like pulling away. Are we maybe have notions maybe that we're better than we are now? Or are you kind of happy that we are in the transitional phase and we're going to have to take the rough with the smooth? Uh, to be honest, Kevin, we never really kind of, even our podcast there a few weeks ago were negative as hell. We never really expected much from this kind of transitional phase. But just getting the wins in the back always drives mental. I don't care how we get a win, especially with Bonner coming in. Like having their full team out Rowan's only coming on there, like there's lads missing Callan and no McGrath, like John McGrath. There's lads there that are gonna bring them that work rate to the forward and score and power, like you know, put them around forward. Like, but the thing is at this point, like around midfield, I still know who we're gonna play midfield last to be honest. It's mm-hmm. I don't like have an iota, to be honest. Like, and it's so loose that's gonna Kenny, you couldn't judge around midfield. Like Barry Heffern and Breen were scoring points there midfield, unmarked. But again, they're scoring the points because there's no runner inside making runs, so they're just 
having a pot of goal and they're going over, as Stephen said. If Rome was there, they might have passed and not scored the points. But sure, when the game was that loose, but they won't get that that looseness against center in the county teams. Like. Exactly. We've about you know the clock is ticking. We've about six six weeks to go, about five or six Premier League pods to go to the to the championship. And as I said, Monster, once it gets going, you've very little time to tinker. So yeah, I think locking down your full back, your midfield, and one or two positions in the forwards, really in the next game or two. Would be the key. Would be the key things. I want to now talk about the Dublin game in that Tipperary after two after two games sit top of National Hurling League Division One B. To me, One B is slightly the weaker division uh, of of the two that are, are let's say in that Limerick Galway over the other side. I think it's a great opportunity to reach a league final. It's a straight league final with your top team going through. I think this this year, if we beat Dublin and Waterford, we are in that final. No questions asked. Um, Dublin come to Semple on Saturday, so we'll have the team news in a couple of days. Um, Stephen, I'm going to come to you. What's your, what, what's your, um, what's your opinion on how this game's going to go? Yeah, um, just you know, I think it's going to be a step up in intensity. It's strange saying that considering Kilkenny was our last game, but uh, I think it, just going by Dublin's previous matches, you know, the the intensity is going to be a step up and like getting two wins leading into this game is going to be good for confidence but it gives them a little bit of um, breathing room to see can they uh, step up with intensity now you know like you'd hate to be coming into that Dublin game with two losses or, or even a, a loss to the, in, the, in the previous round but they're coming in now with two wins you know the Danda should be up a small bit I know it's league and, and the intensity of the last game wasn't there but look to, to Dublin in Simple Stadium now and the lads now are getting they're getting closer and closer to a potential league final. As you said, if they if they win the next two games, they're in the league final. So everyone there now should be chomping at the bit to get hold of Dublin on, uh, on on Sunday and get a good, a positive result again. Exactly. Well, I think we do have a good record against Dublin as well. So, Sean, I'm going to ask you the normal question that I ask at this point as well when we're trying to get get into our crystal ball and see what the team is going to be like. Um, maybe would you bring back in maybe John McGrath this time? I think Ronan Mar or Ronan... Ronan Mario will, def- will definitely start. Um, any other changes about that? Um, I say rolling into the backs. I I leave Queenley again there and Dylan Cork to be honest. You know, like them last new games and see what they made. Like there's no point in hauling them out now and that's it. Like I say, rolling maybe in for Kendi or Barry there as well. Um, John McGrath in the forward line. Like Shane McKellen might even go in and set Dennis there for forward. No, there's another mix. Um, like where's the kind of Paul Flynn? But it's hard to know. Paddy Kelly mm-hmm. likes to get. Noel is like they play Noel, they're getting back in now. Like, you know what these are going to bring come championship to see his campaigners, but maybe get him in for experience level around another lad, maybe out in the field. Like, see Cadell get the full game and start there as well, to be honest. Um, we're kind of touching on him a good bit now. That's the year or two kind of scene what are made of and need to get a good run. But what scene of Dublin against Waterford, even in the game, like they're going to hit us hard. It's going to be like the weather, it's not the weather's bad, though. It's not great, like you know. Um, it's on a simple field above there, at least the first game, not before the football, and um, like Dublin going to hit us, going to hit us hard. Like going to earn, he won't get loose points as easy against against Kenny. I think any they'd be tougher than that, and Dublin something to play for as well. Yeah, you know, a, a win for Dublin puts them in a great position. Yeah. You know, if if they were to be to reach that league final, and I think that they would, they would love a shot at a, a league final. You know, it's silverware is hard to come by. Yeah, yeah, um, like uh, I suppose. I just want to touch on Ronan Mars' introduction uh, last week there um, before we move off on it. But we all talk about modern hurling and, you know, running off the shoulders and smart small passing. But behind every 
true hurling fan is tradition. And what lifted the crowd there, Ronan Mars very first involvement in the game. He jumped out over, I don't know who the, who the player was, I can't remember. He jumped out over him, about four foot out over him, to catch the first, the very first touch of the ball into the hand. And it just, it lifted the whole crowd. And I think Tip getting our basics right, whatever about our, our passing game and our delivery into the forwards, but Tip getting the basics perfect going into the Dublin game. Matching for aggression, matching for intensity, but getting the basics perfect. And get that ball into the danger zone as soon as possible. And I, 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 maybe it's the tip arrogant tip in me, but I, I think tip always will always have the better hurlers in Dublin, even if we're in a transition phase. Like the, the names that were mentioned that didn't play the last day, they didn't start. You know, there's some big players to come in there now. And I'd be, I wouldn't be too bothered about Noel McGrath going back just yet. I'd leave him, you know, take his rest as long a rest as he needs. And, when the ground hardens up, then we bring him back in. Yep, that's fair enough. I suppose we all wait, wait and see that team with with bated bread as well. As I said, it's a, I think it's a great opportunity, and hope, hopefully we'll be able to keep keep on kicking with with three wins from three. So we we'll leave that one there, lads. The other big games, I suppose, from last weekend to touch on would be, I suppose, both football and hurling. Two classic uh, All Ireland club finals. We'll touch on the hurling first. Um, Bally Hale pipped at the post by you know by by Bally Gunner, and what a way to win your maiden. Maiden All Ireland title, um, the club championships. I'd probably beyond the beyond the top senior teams. I wouldn't be a big massive fan, but um, yeah, I think I was proven wrong this weekend and all the great stories. Will Sarsfields ever get there? Do you think? Oh, I don't know. To be honest, uh, the news of Parik there weeks ago hasn't helped any case for that. So, but to win All Ireland club, like you need everything to go your way. Like what Ballygunner have gone through, like Lockmore game. Last minute goal there, like no, he needs so much luck, just like and then drive and formation and like everything click in the day as well. But it was an exceptional game, to be honest. And the club season this year from Munster all the way up, um, the Kenny County final leave it all. Every game was exceptional and ran TV and it's just highlighted like a talk round. Was the rugby match on that evening as well? After he was around playing, but and he, all the chat in the pubs that evening were all about geez, did you see Bally Gunners? But you know, so that kind of showed that. The, the fight and hunger is still there for that but what an exceptional goal like yeah, Bally like naive could have that yeah that's how no one even I think it was France you're right actually but like Bally Hale they could have pulled your man down like pull him down halfway game was over time was up it reminds me of Bally Hale the time we were blowing Ennis we could have pulled what was your man's name down he's going through on goals and he near the sideline for Bally Hale against us in the club game same thing but you know exceptional the score from there as well was something else but yeah, really fine games. margins, aren't they? In in all these club club games as well, you see Kilku then hanging in there, hang, hanging in there against Bally Bally Bowden as well. But even in in the semi final with Bally Hale just getting over the line against St Thomas that last you know that last second goal, goal free from TJ. So I think you know that they like yeah, it'd be great to still have them on St Patrick's Day and all that have the tradition there. But I think that the actual quality of the games have really held o- over this period. And you know we nearly have a twelve month um, GA calendar now. And I suppose between the cup finals, start of the national league, and the it's given cup finals. Who also want to touch on as well, you know, um, they're they're all there. Stephen, did you see any? I'm speaking of the Fitzgibbon, the I suppose most notable incident. I suppose was the Keen Lynch sending off. Um, yeah, did you see I any of that game or? Yeah, uh, on the Keen Lynch sending off. Um, I suppose I can go against the grain a small bit. I can understand a small bit where the where the decision came from when you see it. Without replay, fast forward, because when he flicks the hurley or when the hurley gets caught, Keen Lynch's hand goes with it. 
and it looks like he lashed out at him. Now, we've all the benefits of a replay. You know, the referee and the linesman at the time didn't. So, look, it'll probably be overturned anyway. And I know that's no consolation to him now that that, uh, that it's over, but at least he won't miss any club games. Yeah, I think one that uh, definitely won't be overturned though is Groot Hegarty. Um, again, from, 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 from Limerick, uh, Galway. Um, do you think that's, a, is that a warning shot to Limerick now? Is that, you know, the fact you're getting a man sent off this early, this early in the league, is that, will that, will they learn their lesson now or will referees be keeping a very close eye on them this, this year? I, I'm, I'm seeing that a lot, uh, you know, are, are Limerick being picked on? No, the referees are just doing their job. You know, rather than Limerick being picked on, fair play to the referee, he done his job. You know, Groot deserved to be sent off. And they, 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 they got they got away with a few incidents down the year, last year as well. In the most final against Tipperary, and Glen should have been sent off, and so should. Just uh, name escapes me. They, there was a tackle on Pod. It was a, a push the hurling to the face. Like you know, they could easily have two red cards in the most final. So I don't see it as picking on Limerick as such. I think it's just referees are finally doing. Yeah, it's fair fair enough completely. And as said, you know, it's a. With with the National League, with Limerick actually losing their losing the first two games, maybe teams are actually having another think. You know, there's a great chance on one. I think that's side so one eight to get to a final there, and definitely on tip side as well. All the teams will really fancy it. Uh, Sean, maybe just before we leave the leave the leagues now, Claire with another poor performance against Wexford. Um, there, you know, I know they have a few players to come back. Tony Kelly, most notably, but um, how do you you know with Championship again six weeks away? Would you would you have any fears for them? Which is to Tipperary's benefit, obviously. Yeah, it'd be kind of it's as you said, Tipperary's benefit because I feel there weren't teams you should beat in a monster can they get going and getting a win over some less um this point from Clare and um, Wexford meant to go on, but like in monster wise, you probably have Clare now kind of lower down, like maybe or so above them. But it's hard to know going, but they're not showing anything much there. I know it's only a goal in the end, doesn't it? It's all, but still this point from Clare where they are at the moment. Yeah, absolutely fair, and I suppose just then on the other the other side of, with the bigger ball, will Tipperary had lost against Leitrim, and I suppose we had we had an in depth discussion on the last part about Tipperary football's prospects and how it might be just reverting to the mean as such. But a loss against Leitrim, you know, it's simple, definitely isn't sending a good sign. Their game at this weekend was called off versus versus Wexford. Now they're part of that double header in Sligo. It's a or in Semple versus Sligo. It's a seven o'clock throwing. It's a must win for promotion. Um, Stephen, I come to you on that. Do you were you surprised maybe with with that re, with that result versus Leitrim first of all, and how do you rate the pro, prospects to a Sligo side? You know that look like you know they're a solid Division Three slash Division Four side. Yeah, um, I suppose the result was was, a, was an extremely disappointing result for everyone, and I think we touched on it there two weeks ago, but. The, the postponement of this Wexford game could be a blessing in disguise because playing game after game and after coming off a couple of bad results, you know, it is, it is, it is hard on the lads, you know, in fairness. But now they've had a couple of weeks of training, back to the training ground themselves, you know, trying the further in the past them that that Leitrim loss is, the better. And, you know, and hopefully you know, a new motivation, a new bit of, uh, you know, Sligo in, in, in Semple. Hopefully the weather will be a little bit better than than the last week anyway but it is uh, you know it is, it is a massive massive game and I suppose if they can't get up for this one now there uh, there's there's issues there you know and just wish them all the best and hopefully now the two week break will do them the world of good 
sometimes it's good to get back in around your own training, in around your own mates training for a couple of weeks rather than playing matches when you're losing. Yeah, absolutely. And looking at that table again, London sit top with six points as well, which was probably to the surprise of everyone. But it shows, you know, that probably teams, you know, Cavan, we expect they're two from two as well. But looking, you'd hope that other teams can take uh, points off, off the likes of London and maybe Tip could squeeze into that second promotion spot. But that all that's all dependent on winning all their, all their remaining games. So, um, again, we wait for the team on that one. Hopefully a big crowd will stay on after the hurling there to shout, shout the lads on as well. So one of the other big GA stories from the weekend, I suppose, well, medium-sized GA story is Stockmail and Sarsfields of Galway in the Camogie, um, going all the way to Gorey and Wexford to play an All-Ireland semi-final. Um, Sean, John, just to come to you on that, do, do you think, I suppose, that's a sign where there needs to be greater, greater, I suppose, amalgamation between the GA and the, the Camogie Association and the Ladies Football Association? I see Tom Parsons and his crew were out there during during the week, kind of advocating this, that this will be discussed at, at Congress. Um, yeah, firstly, when I heard they're going to Wexford for it's kind of like, why, you know, and then couldn't get a field, no one gives a field, like, like to stand this balance, like, you know, to go that far, drag players, the weather as well, the weekend is in it, um, supporters down, how far is down, geez, I don't even want to guess, it's half, Glen of Ireland, to be honest, from um, Shock Neil there, um, but like then, it can lead on to kind of the next point where, GPR coming out there now with trying to get lazy football Camogie or all underneath the G umbrella. And if that was the case, then someone can make a call. This field's being used, this football, this Camogie game is being used. That's it. You know, there's no. But Sean, do you think that's all well and good in principle? But, you know, in practice, like I see it in my own club, you know, we're struggling enough to place our own teams at the moment in what field space we have. You know, and I, I, I think that there needs to be a greater thinking out of this is in. Do, does the GA and we'll, we'll use the broader kind of term of that, you know, that everyone's in that. Do we do we really need to start exp- facilities there now? Look, you're involved with the Sarsfields, have a lovely new facility there. So do we need to go on a new era of, you know, expanding our club facilities? Because up to now, over the last hundred years or so, the majority of players have been, you know, it's been, it's been one gender. It's been mainly, mainly kind of boys from under, under five, under six, up, up to senior if we're looking at something close to a doubling of the playing population, where where's all that field space going to come from? Um, like that point, Kevin, is, we take planning like um, our own, our own club, for example, there, we'd build a new field. We need it, double capacity. We got that. We have under 10s, there's football. We've camogie up along as well and our own team. So, but then that comes down to planning. We know every week who's in what field, what day, like if so, football on the book, the field for tomorrow evening, just book in advance. There it is, no problem. You know, it comes down to planning not making calls last minute, can we get a feel? Like, clubs aren't going to give you a feel last minute call. Like, you know, like, that's the way it is. Like, especially with clubs at the moment, the weather is so bad, they can pride yeah. in their field. They're not going to throw it out to two teams from up the country that no impact on them. Like, what are they going to benefit from it? And, like, are they getting paid? What's the rate even? Is it worth the while then? Like, you know, so it's, it's going to take planning, Kevin. We can't just overnight expect everyone to fall under the same umbrella. Like, they're going to be fun that's to go into the there for clubs to expand fields or is kind of make other fields available. Like are the schools fields around that could be used for plenty of like Thurlis CBS or the Sclava field there? Could that be used for ladies football and camogie if needed? No, there's ways around it, but he'll take planning a lot of parts involved. And the problem is when you have more parts involved, you've too many 
Chiefs enough. So that would be the main thing. Absolutely. And hopefully there's someone from Tipperary County Council listening now that wants to help out. You know, where I'm looking Turles, Carrick and Calmel and I think we could all use more playing space and good quality playing space as you, as you said, where it's upgrading of school facilities and all that as well. So I think that's, I think we'd all be in agreement there. Um, Stephen, again, just to kind of not, not leave the, the closer integration of the Camogie Association, the Ladies Football Association and the GA. Do you think it's, I suppose... Do you think it's like I suppose as a GA member, would you be supportive of it first of all? And and do you think you know could it really help to drive on the women's game by coming by by them being all integrated? And you said maybe solving all those field issues and, and what what not having one committee rather than two or three. Yeah, absolutely. I I, I think it's long overdue. Um, just like for an example, a friend of mine, she plays football. I won't mention the club because it'd be harsh then on the male side of the club, but. They can be training, let's say, at 8 o'clock in the evening there. They're not too far away from them. They'll be training at 8 o'clock in the evening, but they could get a phone call at 5 o'clock to say training is off because it could be a simple thing like the under-12s and the 14s need a field. You know, all that kind of stuff is not good enough and it's not... Um, like, they had a... They had a county final moved... Two pitches in the one town. They had a county final moved at 10 o'clock the morning of a county final. Like, th- these things are not good enough. And as you said team from Galway and a team from from uh, and Schlottnail up the country having to travel the breadth of the country to play an all Ireland final like like uh, we're long overdue and what I will touch on though is the GA have been receptive to to the integration for a long time as far as I'm aware you know and it's been it's been held back the ladies football and camogie have been held back by their own association associations you know, and when people throw muck at, at the GA, blame the GA, it's not the GA's fault. They are trying to get them in. As, as Sean said, a bit of planning in clubs that some big clubs would have, like like St. Mary's, like Sars, you'd have a lot of teams, so it's a lot of people. But you you get all the, the relevant people, the, the Camogie side, the, the ladies football side, the, the, the Harland side, you get them into a room, you plan out a, a structure for the year. Like a lot of places now have uh, trainer have they have a normal field and probably a trainer field at least whether it's a full size or a half size. juveniles and and uh, adults both both male and female, a a, a proper schedule can be put in place to, to to suit everyone. A timing and date every week that you stick to. You know, no moving. We know every Tuesday night we're down on the field. They know every Wednesday night they're down on the field. Um, I think it's long overdue, and I think. If if this is something that we can get right in the next couple of years and really hammer, really drive it home properly, I think you can see you'll see a lot more young ladies getting involved in in uh, in, in hurling and football, camogie going Absolutely. forward. Absolutely, and you know in my own club, St Mary's, we've re-energized and refounded the camogie side of the club over the last year and a half or so, and the new lease of life is given to the club, especially on the Saturday mornings, and the energy and the whole families involved, and you know seventy or eighty guards down training mm-hmm. under six is under. Twelve. I think you know any club out there that's thinking of doing it now. We're in February. I'd really be saying go for it. Get onto the Camogie Association. They'll provide all the all the support you all the support you need. And you know the benefits to the whole club approach. I think is great as well. I think it's something that yes, we're going to need to solve the kind of field issue over the over the next fifteen years or so, particularly in the urban areas. I think where it's going to be a, a particular pinch point. But um, yeah, I think to get more involved, to get more playing, to get that kind of community feel back into a number of clubs as well. I think it has. It has great benefits. 
Central Stadium, an iconic sporting venue. As part of a major fundraising drive, My Stadium Seat is offering you the chance to place your name or the name of someone who loves GAA on a seat at the Field of Legends. Packages from €100 Euro include seat naming plaques, certs of authenticity, online biographies and open day tickets. Show your support. Visit mystadiumseat.com. Sample Stadium, where every name matters. Now, you're very welcome along to this uh, exclusive interview with the Premier View Tipperary GA podcast. With me this morning, it's Saturday morning, and with me is John Coleman, the PRO of the Tipperary Supporters Group. John, you're very welcome along. Good morning, Thomas. Thank you very much for having us. Yeah, it's a pleasure. And I have to say, I'm... I'm really intrigued to to hear about the supporters club. Uh, was reading a little bit up on it there, and you know you have a myriad of benefits on on offer to members, and you serve a number of different purposes. But can you just give us a flavour of, of what what it's all about? Okay, thanks, uh, Thomas. Yeah, so the the, the sports club was founded way back in 1986, um, and it was actually the first supporters club in Ireland. And for, since that time, we've supported the senior hurling uh, team uh, and and you know we're very conscious that county boards the Tipperary county board included have lots of uh, demands on their money and their time they're dealing with hurling and football clubs and schools uh, so we wanted to have something whereby supporters could actually contribute and know that their money was being directed to the senior hurling panel which is you know what a lot of people want to, to particularly support so we, we've we, we've you know, on average, we we contribute um, a hundred thousand euros or more per year for that purpose. Um, so that that's really our, our our main purpose, if you like. Yeah, and I mean, it's you know, I mean, the money is is not to be sniffed at. There there's significant sums of money. I just give people a, a sense. I was reading through the intercounty spend here. Owen Carmican has a piece in in the Irish Independent from December. 5.4 million euro was spent on on the top intercounty teams in Munster in in 2021. Now that's down significantly on pre-pandemic times. But Tip, um, they had a 40 percent increase from 778,713 in 2020 to over 890,000 last year, 2021. So hefty sums of money, uh, and it probably reinforces how important an organisation like yours is. Well, I suppose, Thomas, you know, we, we all know how, how how professional the whole setup has got over the years and things like specialist uh, training, uh, training camps, be they in, in places like Carton House or even warm weather training. I remember Lark Corbett saying that, you know, going away for um, um, a few days to, to warm weather, you're getting in three training sessions a day. That's probably what you'd get in in the average week at home. Yeah. So, you know, it, 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 it's it's not really a luxury uh, anymore. It's really just trying to keep up with, with current standards. Yeah, it, it's a necessity really, isn't it? And I mean, in, in terms of that investment, what, what you have emphasised, your investment goes directly to the TIP hurling team. Um, so, you know, as opposed to, I suppose, the TIP county board who have to spend on, you know, on multiple fronts, Yours is specifically geared, the Tip Supporters Club, the money that goes into that is specifically geared towards the senior hurling team. Is that correct? That's right, Thomas. And, and for example, there's the Friends of Tipperary Football who do uh, an equivalent role for the footballers. 
And um, we have given a little bit of support for, for our underage hurling teams um, over the years for our minors and under 21s, but it's the vast majority of it, over 90% of it would be towards the senior hurling panel. And I suppose the other point I'd make is that, you know, um, it's not just in terms of specialist training. There's also the whole area of um, injury treatment and yeah. uh, strength and conditioning. And that whole area of prehab where you're trying to actually prevent injuries from happening and then once they do happen, you want your players to get the best treatment uh, at, at, at the quickest possible time so that they're back in action. And we, all, we, we, all, we always have to keep in mind that, you know, our players are amateurs. They have jobs to hold down nine to five. Um, they, they give of their free time. And, you know, we're always trying to make sure that, that their free time is used to the best and that they're not wasting time or, you know, being uh, in, out injured for longer than they need to be and all those things. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I want to talk a little bit about membership because, I mean, you have, you know, you have huge numbers uh, in terms of membership. And I was just reading down through the, the, the benefits list on offer to those members um, and a really, you know, a really comprehensive package of benefits there potentially uh, what struck me uh, I mentioned it off air was the Garrett Brooks tickets you managed to procure a couple of a couple of them but I mean clearly you know as, as much as as the sports club benefits the hurling team the members um you know there are huge benefits for them as well yeah Thomas if you wouldn't mind I'll just maybe read down through the, the membership course, benefits yeah. and give people an idea so one of the most popular things is that we get the team announcements out as soon as they're made to our members uh, by text. So no matter where you are, if your phone's in your pocket, you'll have it. If you're out with your friends or whatever, you'll have your you have the team announcement straight away. And that's for all league and championship matches. Then we also, uh, since last year, have introduced uh, a new app called Clubs App. Now, a lot of uh, clubs in Tipperary and other counties would use this app as well. A mobile phone app that includes a dedicated members area. And in that members area, we'll have exclusive interviews uh, with players, with, with the backroom team, etc. Um, we're also then, uh, we've introduced a draw for a thousand euros. Uh, so if, if you're a member, uh, you'll be automatically entered in this draw, which takes place next weekend after the, the Dublin league match. And that'll be a thousand euros for the lucky member. And also then the member can nominate uh, their own uh, Tipperary GA club and their, their club will also receive an additional 1,000 euros. Then on, on the 20th of March, we're going to have a, a draw for one night's bed and breakfast in the newly reopened Cashel Palace Hotel, which uh, is, is on a lot of people's lips at the moment uh, for two people, uh, one night's B&B. Then uh, one um, uh, benefit we've had for many, many years now is that for all of, of TIP's um, championship matches in the Munster and All-Ireland Senior Championship, there'll be five pairs of match tickets uh, raffled uh, among all 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 our all our members, and again, it's an automatic draw. Once you're once you've paid up your membership, you're 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 in the hat. Uh, and then, in addition to that, um, if 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 we get to the All Ireland Senior Hurling Final, um, one of those uh, winners of the five pairs of match tickets will also get an additional bonus of two nights be uh, bed and breakfast accommodation for two people in the four star Louis Fitzgerald Hotel on the Nace Road in Dublin. Uh, this year now we're introducing also a new draw for uh, for um, three signed uh, Tipperary jerseys, um, and they'll be those draws will be on the 17th of April, the 24th of April, and the 15th of May. So uh, again, if you're in, your your name will be in the hat for those. 
Um, and then, as you mentioned, Thomas, um, we're going to have a pair of a draw for a pair of premium level Garrett Brooks concert tickets, and the draw will be on the 22nd of May uh, prior to the Munster Championship game versus Cork. Uh, we're going to have a draw for, for members to, to meet and chat with a player of their choice from the senior hurling panel. And then also a draw for an, an opportunity to attend uh, a team uh, training session. Uh, and then uh, there's two separate uh, parts to it then. Uh, for the last three years, in fact, we've had a Tipperary Senior Horror of the Year Award. And yeah. uh, so all adult members will, will be eligible to um, to to vote in that. Uh, and and it, it's it's simply by vote of the members. Uh, that's There's nobody else involved. It's simply whoever the members pick. And then we've also got a mascot draw where uh, any any adult member can enter a young a young a family member into uh, a draw for a mascot for our home league matches. We had Jerry Barry from Kappa White as our uh, mascot um, last Sunday in Central Stadium for the match versus Kilkenny, awesome. and that involves that involves being in the team photo. There wasn't a team photo on the day, but it would involve a team photo if there was one. And he was out with the referee and the two captains for the toss of the coin. In fact, the referee got him to toss the coin. And then um, we gave him some, some uh, a goodie bag of some, some, some supporters stuff, gifts as well. And then he was up with Tip FM in the commentary box for the first half of, of, of the match as well. Very good with, with, with so Stephen then, yeah. Yeah, so so that's kind of the that's that that's the package, uh, Thomas. It, it it is hugely comprehensive. It, it, there are some brilliant prizes in there, and I'd encourage anyone to go on to just go on to the Chip Supporters Club. Uh, it's under the uh, benefits membership benefits there under that section, and and they're all listed out there. Um, what attracted me the meet a senior hurler of your choice? Would you have any preference to meet? I know you're probably familiar with them anyway, but. Uh, yeah, there are plenty I of mean, interesting characters in that team. There is, there is, and it depends. And on, 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 I mean, I have to say, my 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 favorite player for many a, a year has been Noel McGrath, just of for his, his his sheer uh, consistency and the the things that men can do uh, are, are just amazing. And he's a lovely he's a lovely guy to meet as well. And he's uh, as you probably know, got married recently, and um, course, he's just, yeah. just a lovely character. Uh, he's a he's a he's a lovely guy to spend a bit of time with. But uh, you know that there's there's a whole range of characters, as you said there. Yeah, and likewise with all them, humility and uh, sincerity is you know uh, is what I sense off them. Certainly, they're they're a great bunch of lads. In terms of tips, prospects this year. I mean, I suppose. People are sick of hearing, you know, Limerick obviously ha have set the benchmark, even though their first two games have been a little bit topsy-turvy, but we still, you know, they're, they're still hot favourites. Where do you think Tip are at? I mean, brilliant win over Kilkenny, you know, it, it was exciting. Um, but I suppose you saw maybe Tip trying to uh, implement a, a sort of a new game plan to, to adopt to, to the modern game. You know where where do you think we lie in the pecking order at the moment? Well, I think um, we're 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 we we still have the benefit of um, you know a, a lot of that golden generation. Obviously, Paddy's retirement is 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 the blow, but um, you know even even last year. I felt that it was the next generation where 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 coming through and uh, you know Jason Jason Ford, mm. um, Kyle Kyle Barrett, Michael Breen, uh, Ronan Maher, all these players were stepping up and and taking on the mantle uh, uh, last year and in previous years. So I obviously 
we're not as dependent on that that group as we were. And also then we have those those great uh, under 20 and under 21 uh, players coming through. And Craig Morgan, you know, seems to be mm. there or there or thereabouts. And uh, Ger Brown is is very much knocking on the door. And as, uh, Owen Connolly and others. Uh, and I'm sure we'll see a lot more of those during the league as well. And, you know, it's... it's um, the whole structure has changed. The whole league and, and championship now are so compressed mm. that um, you're, you're going to need, um, you're probably going to be starting uh, way more than 20 players uh, over the course of the, even the last couple of league matches and, and, and your four or more championship games. So I think you're going to need um, maybe 25 players who are going to be just at that level to be able to step up. And sure. I, I, I'm, I'm, I see it's very interesting to see what Colin is doing in terms of his team selection and keeping the same 15 from Leash to Kilkenny just to give these lads, I suppose, that bit of extra confidence. So mm. I think it's an exciting, I think it's an exciting time. And I know some traditionalists don't, don't like the short passing game, and maybe this time of the year, it can be, it can be quite dangerous, I suppose, in terms of dropping balls and things like that. But you know, I think that's the way the game is going, and it's, it's great to see a bit of. Um, you know, new thinking and fresh thinking and, and, and new faces. Yeah, I mean, what strikes me about Tip, like, I mean, there, there's potential there for, for versatility. I mean, I, you see a guy like Dennis Maher, who's been drafted in, obviously, and I suppose he would be, a you know, an archetypal full forward. So you'd think direct ball into the forward line, which isn't really, you know, a la mode in the game these days. But do you think Tip have have multiple options there because I, I, that's what it seems to me. I mean, they have a lot of players on which they can draw and um, capable of playing different games and they may not necessarily be as tried and tested yet because some of them are young, but it's certainly, there is potential there to develop quite a, a versatile and, and an effective team and game plan. Absolutely. I think, I think that's what it's all about being, uh, being able to be agile. And you know, even even in terms of uh, uh, conditions, conditions can vary quite a lot even within a match. Mm. And if you've got a windy day, what you what you do against the wind, with the wind, puck outs, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, I mean, that can all that can all be plan A, plan B, plan C, even. And as sure. you said, I, th- I think having that flexibility is key. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Uh, coming back to the coming back to the supporters club and the membership, uh, the last two years have obviously been very difficult for everyone with the pandemic. I mean, have you have you noticed a, a renewed appetite for, you know, for hurling and to, to get out and see those games? Because I'm sure some of your members maybe uh, could be in a vulnerable category, probably are, um, you know, and accessibility to these games might be an issue. So I would imagine you serve a valuable purpose in that respect as well. Yeah, I mean, um, what we've done in recent times, Thomas, is we've tried to move very much to uh, encourage people to, to 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 join by direct debit. Because during the pandemic, you know, traditionally we would have relied on a lot of local sellers, people like Jackie Shanahan and Ross Gray and other and other places who would have gone around to a, a, a friend group and collected the forty euros in cash. Mm. And we've tried to to move away from that to a situation where people join by direct debit. That means, uh, you know, um, the likes of Jackie doesn't have to go around and rely on physically meeting somebody. And, and, and somebody, most of our members are very happy to rejoin every year. It's just they might forget about it or they might meet their particular seller and they might just lose the opportunity. Whereas if you join by direct debit, you know that you're joined up for the following year. 
And right. if I could just say, and I didn't mention it actually when we spoke about the benefits, I should say the cost of membership. Uh, the cost of membership is, is 40 euros, but if you join for the first time by direct debit, there's actually there's a special discount where it costs just 20 euros in the first year. Okay. Um, and, one, and one other thing that I should probably have mentioned, we do have a couple of discounts uh, on the go as well. So with the Louis Fitzgerald Hotel, we've got a discount of 15%. With Mr. Mr. Menswear in Cashland Care, we have a discount of 10%. And with AIG Insurance, we have a 20% discount on car insurance and a 25% discount on home insurance for, and they apply for new business only. Uh, we have a 10% discount in the Pembroke Hotel in Kilkenny uh, run by John Ryan from Manicarity. And we also then have a 10% discount in Elveries. And you need to have your membership card with you with that for, for, to avail of that. And if, if you do need to, to get uh, your membership uh, care, just give us a, an email on info at tipsupportersclub.com. And I would just like to also to pay tribute to the membership officer, Jim Reedy. Jim is literally on the go every day of the year, updating our membership base. And if I could give out his phone number, some people just like to ring Jim and course, maybe yeah. just arrange, arrange their membership over the phone. Um, so he's uh, 086-358-0718. And his uh, address is 13 Castleknock Close, Castleknock, Dublin, 15. Okay, very good. Yeah, no, no, and people should get in touch with him and, you know, very much encourage them because, I mean, looking at the website here, I mean, all that information is available and uh, it's hugely impressive, uh, hugely impressive as well. And you're tapping into local businesses, which is which is great to see and great to hear. Um, can I ask you about, uh, you know, where do you think the things are at in Tipperary coming out of the pandemic. We had a, you know, an exceptional club season, I think, last year. I mean, it, it's fair to say some of the, the thrills and excitement which which both hurling and football delivered were fantastic. And obviously, Lockmore were, were at the helm of all that. Do you think the club game in Tipperary is thriving? I suppose I'm thinking, like, I mean, Ballygunner last weekend, the, those two club finals were were epic, really, to uh, to witness. Um do you think, do you see any clubs in tip uh, with the capability to, to go that far? Yeah, I, I think there's a couple of things that have happened there, Thomas, over recent years. I mean, firstly, obviously, the split season has mm -hmm. been has been a big, a big plus. And, mm -hmm. and I think that's been that's been great. Uh, but the second thing that obviously happened was the whole restructuring of the club championships in Tipperary oh. there a few years ago. And, you know, you see now there's very few um, one-sided games. And, and with, with two teams, uh, promotion and relegation, if, if your club is going well and if you're, if you're, you know, you're, you're, you're capable of the next level, the opportunity is there to get promoted. And I think that's brilliant. Um, and, and, you know, I, I watched a lot of the games um, uh, on the streaming, etc. And the standard is really good. And, uh, you know, we all, you know, traditionally Tipperary would have would have thought, well, is the Kilkenny Championship better or is the Cork Championship better? But I think our championship now can 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 rival anyone's. And um, just uh, leading on then to your question. Yeah, I, I do feel um, our, our clubs can can compete very well. I mean, you know, Lockmore ran ran Ballygunner very close on a very bad day in Dungarvan. And, and we all can see now. We all can see now what a great season Belly Gunner have had since then. Yeah. So yeah, I, I I see absolutely no reason why our clubs shouldn't be going all the way, and I think it is an ambition we should have. 
yeah, no, absolutely. It, it, the reason I ask, I mean, it's kind of amazing in some respects to think that only two clubs have won that All-Ireland club title, uh, two Tipperary clubs, but it is phenomenally difficult to win. I mean, we've had teams in or around there for years. Two were there, uh, Thurs Sarsfields um, and innumerable others. Um, but it is incredibly difficult to uh, to actually land, uh, land that title. Uh, we won't look too far ahead. I mean, the championship is a good deal uh, ahead of us still, even with the shortened season. The rest of Tips League campaign, I mean, we have two wins over under our belts now. I, I mean, it, it it gives Colin Bonner a certain freedom, I suppose, to uh, to keep kind of trying and testing new players and, and building a solid starting starting 15. It does. and um, But, you know, Dublin coming to town... Um, Mm-hmm. Uh, next Saturday, I mean, Dublin are flying, and um, it's not easy to go to Antrim, and and they had a good draw with 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 Waterford as well. So, it's it's always funny, isn't it, in the league? Because you know, people want to win, but they also want to see new players, and it's it's sure. a delicate balancing act. And you you can't just pitch in a whole fifteen of new players. Obviously, you have to to blend them in with some of the established names, and then you probably have to have a few on the bench. That, like Ronan's intervention last Sunday where he really lifted the whole thing, you know, when he Certainly came did, on. Yeah. You, have to, you have to have a few players on the bench that you can call on if the pressure comes on. I, I think Colin's done, a, done a, a, a good balancing act on that so far. But it's a tricky one because, you know, if, 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 if you were to lighten the mix too much and if you were to lose a couple of games, then people would, would start to be critical. But I, I just think we have to be a little bit patient and really and truly the more important thing is to bring the new players on board at the moment yeah it, it, it seems to be and in fairness you're right Colin Bonner does seem to uh, be in command of things and he is kind of uh, creating a new game plan there look John it's been an absolute pleasure it's been brilliant to find out about about the supporters club and as I've mentioned you can you can access it all um, online and and, um, and get all the details there and I'd encourage anybody I assume like as PRO, uh, you have a busy, um, busy job in your hands, but clearly it's something you enjoy and you're really dedicated and and passionate about about tip hurling, which is fantastic to see. So look, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for for coming on. Thanks very much, Thomas, and thanks for having me. Show your support. Visit mystadiumseat.com. Temple Stadium, where every name matters. That's great stuff, folks. So I think we'll leave it there. Uh, best luck to all Tipperary teams in Hope Hope this weekend. And shall we be back this time next week with a review of the games?
Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 